As we've been studying the Lord's Prayer, our children uh, are going to help us today. They're going to use a paraphrased version of the Lord's Prayer, a children's version, and uh, they've recorded a video and they'd like to share it with you as we begin to look at the Lord's Prayer again today. Let's enjoy what the kids offer to us today. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Daddy. We want to know you. And be close to you. Please show us how. Make everything in the world right again. And in our hearts, too. Do what is best. Just like you do in heaven. And please do it down here, too. Please give us everything we need today. Forgive us for doing wrong. For hurting them. Forgive us just as we forgive other people when they hurt us. Rescue us, we need you. We need you. We don't want to keep running away and hiding from you. Keep us safe from our enemies. You're strong, God. You can do whatever you want. You are in charge. Now and forever and for always. We think you're great. Amen. 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 Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> as I hear and as we listen to our kids pray that prayer that is familiar probably to most of us, whatever faith background or tradition we bring to this place, um, we realize this prayer is simple. There's a simplicity uh, to this prayer, but yet at the same time, there's a depth to it. There's um, meat to it. Uh, we could spend the whole year, I believe, unpacking these phrases and never mind the depths, uh, so to speak, of them. This familiar prayer to most of us, taken from Matthew chapter 6, it says, Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you give us today our daily bread? And here's the phrase that we're going to camp out on today. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We have to move into a portion of this prayer that honestly uh, might make us a bit uncomfortable because we have to talk about hurt. We have to talk about offense. We have to talk about pain. Um, when we talk about forgiveness, we can't just talk about forgiveness. We have to talk about the other side of the coin. The reason why people need to be forgiven is because of hurt. Things we've said or done to others. That's why forgiveness is so important and at the same time is difficult to talk about. There are many stories we could talk about of pain, of difficulty, of suffering, of trauma. Uh, here's a few stories. We'll come back to these towards the end. Dr. Chuck Sandstrom. Dr. Chuck Sandstrom was a seasoned organizational and motivation leader and motivational speaker. But in 2009, he was brutally assaulted by a stranger in Akron. So what do you do with that? What did he do with that? Andrea Martinez. Andrea was seven years old when she was abused by a relative. What do you do with that? And these are just two. 
among millions and millions of stories, two stories among the variety of hurts and offenses that are represented by us in this room. So as we think about forgiveness today and these realities, that, uh, this, this hurt, we, have to, we think of Jesus' prayer. Forgive us our debts as we, have also, as we also have forgiven our debtors. I want to ask a question that I think is important to ask. When we study the Bible, I would encourage you to ask questions to help dig into what do these verses mean. Why, why did Jesus feel it was important to include forgiveness in this prayer? This is not a long prayer. This is actually a very short prayer. Um, he could have talked about anything in these statements, but he strategically chose these statements that we've been working through. And today it's on forgiveness. So there's a reason why Jesus, I believe, includes forgiveness. Because forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel. We believe today that our sins can actually be forgiven. Our sins past, present, and future can be forgiven and are forgiven in Jesus Christ. We just sang a song, paid it all, that Jesus paid all. We don't have to wonder, like, am I forgiven about what I just did last week? It's, we are forgiven Because Jesus died on the cross. Our sins were literally put on him as he hung on the cross. So it makes sense if this is a key part of Jesus' message, not just in a prayer, but throughout his life on this earth, it would be included in this prayer. This is an interesting portion of the prayer. Give us today, give us, excuse me, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Because this is a portion of the prayer where based on the uh, version of the prayer you learned growing up, Sometimes this part is mumbled. Some of you who grew up in church know what I'm talking about. Some of you grew up in a church where it was, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Some of us grew up in a church where it was, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And some, it's forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And sometimes you don't know exactly if you're in a church setting, which version are they going to pray? And you kind of forgive us, yeah, and lead us not into temptation. You pick it up from there. And, but each of these words carry with it basically the same meaning, trespasses. You, we, we would know what this means, to cross onto someone else's property that you do not own, to cross ground that doesn't belong to us, or we don't have the permission or freedom to walk on. Sin. Forgive us our sins. It literally means to miss the mark. If you're shooting an arrow at a target, uh, our, my boys and I love to shoot our bow and arrow and out in their backyard. We have a target and, and uh, the, the idea is to get in the center. You miss the mark. You miss the center. You're, the idea of sin, that's your right of center, left of center, wherever you might be, you're missing the mark. And then debt. Forgive us our debts. We would have an understanding of financial debt you have a mortgage on your home. You have a loan on your cars. You understand the financial debt, but what does it mean debt as it relates to sin or sinning? The idea is owing another or sinning against someone and owing him a debt because your actions cost that person something. You are in debt to them because what you said to them or did to them, it costs them something. And that's the idea, the idea between trespasses, sin, and debt is basically saying we've done something wrong. 
And Jesus in this prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, he says, forgive us our debts. God, would you forgive us our debts? And then it goes into this next phrase, just connected right with it. As we also have, and is speaking in the past tense, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So it's linking together God's forgiveness of us in the way you and I extend forgiveness to those who have hurt us or offended us. And it's kind of conveying the idea that God the, forgive us in the way I forgive someone else. So the way I forgive someone else, God, would you continue to forgive me? I believe Jesus drives home this point because when you finish, when he finishes teaching the prayer, he adds on. There's like a, there's like an extra. It's like the Marvel movies. You know, you got to watch for the, the extras, the, the bonus features in the midst of the credits. It's after the movie's done. And after the prayer is done, verse 14 and 15, Jesus says this about forgiveness. He doesn't comment on anything else after the prayer, but he comments on forgiveness. Because I think he knew how hard it was going to be and how important it is. And he says this, If you forgive men when they sin against you, when they hurt you, when they say something offensive, if you forgive them, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So what, Jesus, what is Jesus saying there? He's basically saying, if you don't, forgive others, if you don't express a willingness, if you're not moving towards someone else to forgive them, if you're not working through that process of forgiveness that we'll talk about a little bit later, if you're not moving, if you're saying, I am never going to forgive this person, what Jesus, I believe, is saying is maybe you haven't really experienced God's forgiveness. If you're holding on to unforgiveness, if you're saying there's no way, you don't know what this person did to me. You don't know what they said to me. There is no way I would ever, ever forgive them. If that's the mindset, I believe what Jesus is saying in verses 14 and 15 is maybe you have never really experienced the forgiveness of God. Because that person who you're holding on to unforgiveness might not deserve it and probably doesn't deserve forgiveness. But the reality is what Jesus is saying is you never deserve forgiveness. But I, in, in grace and mercy, have shown you forgiveness. So I ask the question again, why in the midst of this very short prayer, when you could pray anything, why talk about forgiveness? A few reasons, I believe, why. One of the primary contexts that we see God's kingdom come is in the context of relationships. We're praying. The, the, the heart behind this prayer isn't just to learn a prayer, to memorize a prayer, to know a prayer. It's praying in such a way that God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, literally comes to earth. And I believe one of the key contexts that we see God's kingdom show up is in how we relate or forgive or don't forgive one another. So Jesus knew that this was going to be essential moving forward. The primary context. And then one of the primary ways we demonstrate the kingdom of God. We say, God, your will be done. Hallowed be your name. One of the primary ways we demonstrate the kingdom of God here on earth is by extending forgiveness, showing forgiveness, verbalizing forgiveness, living out forgiveness, treating someone as forgiven even those who have hurt 
or offended us. This is where it gets tough. This is where it gets hard. And I wonder today, as we think theoretically about this topic of forgiveness, I wonder today, as you sit here, there are some who have strained relationships, maybe because of unforgiveness. Maybe there are people right now, even their faces and names and situations are coming back, even this week, maybe they were on your minds. You're wondering, why is this on my mind this week? Maybe there are people today for whom you feel resentment and bitterness, dislike, and honestly, if you're on like hatred because of what someone has done or said. I wonder, maybe there is someone here who um, you are consciously avoiding. It's at work. You don't go to the break room the same time they do. You park in a different spot so you don't cross paths. Maybe there's someone in your family, when, the family's all, when your family all gets together, you ask the question, is so-and-so going to be there? And if so-and-so is going to be there, you're not going. Or as soon as so-and-so shows up, you're packing the things up and you're out the door. There's someone you are consciously avoiding because there's tension, because there's conflict, because there's hurt, there's an offense. So we approach this really with a choice. Will we make the choice to move, to walk the path of forgiveness or will we sit in our bitterness and hatred, dislike, and, and here's the thing, too, about unforgiveness. Sometimes we, 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 we hold on to it. We hold on to bitterness, the, the feelings, the hurt, the offense. We hold on to it. And in doing so, not extending forgiveness, what we are sometimes saying is, I'm going to get them. I'm not going to forgive them. And we sense that we are hurting them. When, in reality, the person we are hurting is us, ourselves. Anne Lamott, author, speaker, she said this, unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. You get the idea. It's like, I'm going to get you. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to forgive you. And we think we're hurting that person when in reality we are hurting ourselves. And what's happening? Bitterness is taking root. Hatred is taking root. And what comes out is all unhealthy, many unhealthy things towards that person or that group of people because of un unforgiveness that's lodged itself in our hearts and souls. So the question before us as it relates to this prayer, we've said all along this way, we just don't want to pray a prayer. We want to live it out. So when it comes to praying this way, God, thank you for your forgiveness. We, your, my sin is paid for. My debt is paid. We can sing that from the, from the rooftops. We declare that. But might we also at the same time have the courage to say, God, I'm going to, with your help, move towards those have, who have hurt me and offended me and move towards forgiveness towards them. Because we just don't want to go through the motions of religion, of praying a prayer, but we really want to live it out. So I want to talk about forgiveness a little bit to give us some context and what it is. And, but I want to start with misconceptions, what it's not. And there's a lot of misconceptions. We can go on and on about these. I just want to mention a few, just three real quick ones. First, forgiveness is not forgetting. I don't know where it happened, but somewhere along the way, this mantra, forgive and forget. 
slipped into our culture and then slipped into the church. That somehow, if we're to forgive someone, we have to forget or totally, yeah, just try to get a, uh, forget about the offense. And when people present that idea to me, I want to ask them, have you ever been offended or hurt by someone? Yes. Do you, how, how's that going forgetting that? And most of the time, it's like, I can't. Like, I can't forget that scene. I can't forget those words. Now, friend, let's be honest. There, there are things we wish, like, I wish I could remember certain things. Like, I, I, where's my keys? Where's my phone? Where's my wallet? What did I do last week? Like, sometimes I just can't. But, but when it comes down to being hurt by someone, those memories stay with us. And sometimes when we think about forgiveness and forgetting, forget, forgive and forget, we, we, it's almost like we are to sugarcoat or, or step over or not even address the offense. When I don't, I think the Bible's far from that. There's a lot of great stories and pictures and illustrations and verses about forgiveness. One of the, I think for me, one of the greatest stories lived out in the word of God about forgiveness is the story of Joseph in Genesis, the end of Genesis, forgiving his brothers. Some of you are familiar with the story. We're not going to take time to read it, but just a quick like snapshot of the story. Joseph has many brothers. Uh, they don't like him for a lot of different reasons. And his brothers come up with a plan. Let's kill him. That's family love right there. So they, instead of killing him, they throw him in a pit. And they, instead of killing him, they sell him into slavery. So he goes into Egypt and he's a slave in Egypt and he's, he works his way up and then he's arrested and thrown in jail because of a, a crime he was a, accused of and now he's in jail and, and then his, he works up in power again. He's released from jail, works up in power in Egypt and, and then lo and behold, who shows up? His brothers. I mean, what a great opportunity to get back. And his brothers show up. What are you going to do? And then we have this amazing story of Joseph trying to see what's going on in their hearts. And then he forgives them and he welcomes them into Egypt and takes care of them. And then their father dies. And now the brothers are like, well, this is it. Dad's dead. Dad's been the buffer. He's going to kill us now. And they come to him basically on their knees, just pleading for their lives. And what Joseph says to them, you intended to harm me. He doesn't ignore the offense. He doesn't say, eh, it was no big deal. You know, I spent most of my life in jail. Eh, whatever, you know, I forgive you. No, he says, you intended to harm me. And there's emotion, I think, there. Do you know what you did to me? But he shows forgiveness. He doesn't treat them as their sins deserve. Maybe this idea of forgiving and forgetting is mixed in with the scripture in Isaiah 43 that tells us that God remembers our sins no more. And I believe what that's saying is that God chooses to not treat us as our sins deserve. He's aware of them, but he chooses not to treat us. That's mercy, that's grace as our sins deserve. So forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Now, I do believe a good 
proper, appropriate goal of forgiveness is reconciliation. Reconciliation in the relationship. You have offense, you have hurt between two people. I believe the goal, a good, healthy, appropriate goal, something you're moving towards is reconciliation, that the relationship will be restored, that you'll be able to be together, friendship, marriage, family situation, family relationship, neighbor, be able to hang out. Like I think that's a good, appropriate goal. And in many situations, that's what can happen. But we have to be careful that we don't just sugar or, or put a blanket statement on if you forgive someone, then you need to, the relationship needs to be back the way it was. And I believe what that has done, even many times within the church, within the big church, I'm not saying Hope Church, but big church, body of Christ, is many times that belief has put people back into harmful, abusive situations that is not good or right or healthy for them to be in. There are some people that you can forgive, but it's not good for you to be around because maybe the behavior is ongoing. The abuse is ongoing. So it, it's not, a, a we can't put a blanket statement to say, in all situations, forgiveness will ultimately lead to reconciliation. Many times it does, and I pray it does, but many in some situations, it just can't because of what's happened. So we have to be careful as we think about forgiveness, that it's not necessarily the same thing as reconciliation. And then one more thought. For some, not for all, again, not a blanket statement, but for some, forgiveness will be a process and not an event. It won't just happen in a moment. And this is where the weight or the, the, the weight of the situation, what's happened, we need to take into account. And sometimes we know as, as, as followers of Jesus, based on what Jesus prayed here and many other scriptures to forgive people, we, we are hurt, we're offended. And sometimes very quickly, early on, it's we verbalize, I forgive you, but our hearts are saying something completely different. And we say it, but honestly, we don't feel it. So on the surface, it looks like everything's okay. But deep down, when that person's around, you don't really like them. You don't want to be around them. Maybe you still say things about them, even though you have verbalized, I forgive you. And that's where we have to take into account the process, that it takes time some might, again, even the story of Joseph. I think for Joseph, it wasn't a quick, I forgive you. He was in prison for years. He had time to process and think. His brothers show up. When his brothers show up, the immediate response is not, hey, come on down to Egypt. I'd love to have you here. He actually left the room. Like he had to step away. There's a process there to forgiveness and a continual process. So what is forgiveness? If it's not forgetting, if it's not, not, not all the time reconciliation, and for some it's a process, not just the event, the, the verbalizing of it, the words, saying the words, what is it? Let's wrap up with this. What is it? Forgiveness is a matter of the will. It's a choice. It's an intentional decision. And it has to be an intentional decision because what we're talking about is, is forgiving those who have hurt us and who naturally says in and of themselves, you know what? I really would love to forgive that person because of how hurt they made me feel. 
It's hard. It, go, it fights against us, especially depending on the situation, the offense, the hurt, the words that were said to you, the actions that were done against you and towards you. It is a choice. It is a continual choice of the will. And I believe our, as we, the will, then our emotions follow the will. And we'll talk about the emotions in a moment. C.S. Lewis, an author, said this. He says, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Like, it's a great idea. We love God's forgiveness. Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. But when now, like, you get on, like, the, you get into conflict with someone else and you realize God is asking you because of how he's forgiven you to forgive others, we have to realize it's a choice. Jesus, as he was literally laying probably down on the cross, as they were literally nailing his body to the cross, they're taking off his clothes and they're dividing up his clothes based on casting dice or throwing dice or lots. And, and so in that moment, in the book of Luke, it says he verbalizes, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus, in that moment, could have done anything. And in that moment, he chose the pathway of forgiveness, to verbalize forgiveness to those who were dividing up his clothes. For us, it's a matter of the choice. What will we do? Will we stay in bitterness and resentment and hatred and dislike and avoiding people? Or will we walk the courageous, hard path of forgiveness? That's the choice. We can't be forced either way. But it's all based on the mercy and grace that we have experienced. To forgive, here's a second thought, to forgive will mean we're going to have to feel the offense of the hurt. And this is why it's hard, because to forgive someone means they've hurt us. They've done something that has hurt us. And some are minor. Some it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm sorry. Like, uh, that hurt what you did. I wish you hadn't said that. Will you, you know, will you forgive me and, or I'll forgive you? And it's pretty simple. But friends, there are realities that are contained in the lives of us in this room that it's not that easy. And sometimes, again, we go to the quick, I forgive you, but we never deal with the feeling of the offense, the hurt of the offense, and give ourselves time to even get out what is in here. Why do sometimes we say I forgive someone, but then we still don't like them? Because sometimes we never deal with the emotion of it. And it's still in here. You can say it, but your heart is saying something completely different. Our hearts are saying something completely different. This is found, uh, this, I, see, I think we see this in Matthew 18. We're not going to read this whole story, but Matthew 18. Jesus told a story uh, about forgiveness. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, asked the question that maybe we all want to know. How many times, how many times do I have to forgive someone? Peter asked the question. Give me a number. If, 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 if my brother does 30 things against me, once I reach 30, I'm done. Like, I don't have to forgive my brother anymore. I think that's what we want. I've done the 30. I'm, I'm good. But what does Jesus do? He tells a story of a king who came to settle accounts. There was a servant who owed him a lot of money, let's say a million dollars. The servant said, I can't pay that back. And the king said, the debt is canceled. It's taken care of. You're free. That servant experiences mercy, experiences grace, experiences forgiveness, leaves the, leaves the presence of the king, 
he meets up with another servant, another friend of his, who owes him a few dollars, basically. And he can't pay it back. And that other servant who was just forgiven of a great debt says to that servant who owes him a few bucks, you know what, I'm going to throw you in jail until you pay that back. And Jesus then, at the end of this story, says this. This is how, after the servant was called back and he was thrown in jail, tortured, uh, until he paid back all he owed. And then in verse 35, it says this. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother, where? From your heart. Not just say the words, but from your heart, which means you have to feel it which means you have to process the hurt of the offense, which means you have to think about the pain that caused your life, which means you have to go to emotions that sometimes we don't even want to touch. We avoid pain in our country like the plague. And if we're going to be people who authentically forgive others who have hurt us from some pretty significant trauma or offenses, pain, we're going to have to feel it so that we can forgive from our hearts. And that's where trusted friends come in, maybe a counselor, a therapist, a, a journal, um, your time with God to, to process what you've gone through and get what's in here out. And I think until it's out, those feelings of bitterness and anger and hatred, resentment, they're going to stay. And what are we doing to get it out? We have to feel it. And then lastly is this, forgiveness is releasing other people from the wrongs they have committed to us. It's releasing them. It's saying, I'm going to treat you as forgiven. Joseph, his brothers are before him. He could have, he had, he had the armies at his finger. He could have done anything to them but he chose the pathway of forgiveness, not an easy pathway for any, any trusted imagination. He chose to treat them as forgiven. He chose, uh, in a way, he's saying, I'm not going to bring this back up a year from now. You know, sometimes we say, I forgive you, but then when you bring, when conflict happens again, what sometimes do we do? We go back in the past, and I'm going to bring this back up, up here now. Do you remember when you did this last year? I'm going to bring it back up. And that's where we're saying, I'm going to release you. I'm not going to bring that back up. I'm not going to treat you based on what you did because you're forgiven. Because of how I've worked this process. So instead of holding grudges, we forgive. Instead of speaking badly of someone who's spoken badly of us, we speak words of blessing. Instead of hurting back or revenge, like the bumper sticker, I don't get mad. I get what? Even. <laughs> Instead of Hurting back, getting revenge, we heal and we love. Forgiveness is deciding that someone who has wronged you and I doesn't have to pay anymore. They don't have to pay for that offense anymore because it's forgiven. And we continue to treat them as forgiven. Let me bring back up these two stories that we started with earlier. Dr. Chuck Sandstrom, again, 2009, assaulted by a stranger in Akron. These are their words. These are their stories. In spite of a life-altering traumatic brain injury and with the support of his wife, Chuck has come to unconditionally forgive the man who assaulted him. And now, 
has actively engaged in assisting this man's young family. Forgiveness. When that man did not deserve forgiveness. But Chuck and his wife chose the pathway forgiveness. Not a quick pathway, but a journey to forgive and now even be in relationship with this man and his family. Andrea Martinez, again assaulted, abused by when she was seven years old by a family member. These are her words. She says, deciding to forgive was a process. It's not something that can happen overnight. She says, as I got older, I realized that I couldn't help holding all, I couldn't help keep, help keep holding all this anger and hate inside of me. She said, I needed to get rid of it. I also realized that I was not in control of anyone except for myself and my emotions and that they could only hurt me if I allowed them to. Andrea says this, for me, forgiveness is reminding myself about all of this every single day. She chooses the path of forgiveness to that person that abused her every day. Our overarching theme over these weeks is bringing heaven to earth. And one of the primary contexts that heaven comes to earth is one-on-one group in relationships with other people. And people, the reality is because we live in a broken world, people are going to hurt us. And the question before us based on this prayer is will we choose the pathway of forgiveness? Will we choose the pathway of forgiveness? This is countercultural. What culture says is write them off. They don't deserve forgiveness because of what they did. And the reality is they don't deserve forgiveness. But as a follower of Jesus, based on the forgiveness we have experienced, we are called to forgive others. Others who have hurt us of minor, in minor offenses, minor ways, and those who have hurt us in significant ways. To forgive. So what is the pathway we will choose today? I'm going to invite Pastor Jim up. He's going to play just softly for a moment because it's important for us just to take a few moments just to process and think about this. And, and even for some of us, you might have been wondering this week, why is this person on my mind? Why is this situation on my mind? Why is this, even right now as we're thinking, maybe there are some people or a person or a group that is coming to your mind. There's a person maybe that has hurt you or offended you and you have just kind of pushed them off to the side. You haven't really thought much about this, but if you're honest, there are still feelings of bitterness and anger and resentment. And maybe God is inviting you and I to move towards those people and choose the pathway of forgiveness. What does forgiveness look like? We have a great resource uh, that we used earlier this year called Essential Practices. Six practices to help us seek God's help. One of the ways we need God's help is when people have hurt or offended us, what do we do? That's a reality. Maybe it happened this week. Someone hurt you or offended you this week. What do we do? We choose forgiveness. And in this book, it kind of gives a pathway to forgive. What does it look like to forgive someone? Some of you already have this book. If you don't, we have copies available uh, in our cafe. You can purchase one, I think, for $20. Um, some of you have wondered, when are we going to get to the last three practices next, uh, leading up to Easter again? Uh, we'll, we'll pick this back up again, um, February, March time. Um, but this is a resource that we want to just remind you of and even for some of you to pick up. But maybe even right now, as you think, about this topic of forgiveness. There might be family members 
friends, co-workers, former employers, former employees, people who are part of this church body, people who are part of another church that you are part of, maybe people of other races or ethnicities that you hold some grudges against. I don't know what it might be, but we just want to give you a few moments just to pray and ask God to help you. If there's someone on your mind or a group of people on your mind right now, just to ask God to help you, even this week, to choose the pathway of forgiveness. So let's just bow our heads and close our eyes and pray quietly, and then I'll pray and we'll wrap up. God, this isn't an easy topic to live out. We desperately need your Spirit's help and empowering. So we invite you to come. Lord, the person, the people, the situations that even are on our minds right now are not by chance. So God, would you help us choose that path of forgiveness even this week? Maybe even right now, some are thinking about situations from recent events, uh, two weeks ago maybe, or some are even thinking of 10 years ago and wondering maybe why am I thinking about that right now? Lord, we trust your spirit to lead us to those places of bitterness, and roots of bitterness and resentment. And I pray we feel the freedom to feel it, the freedom to process it, to be reminded of your grace and mercy towards us. And Lord, would you help us to be those who choose this path of forgiveness? to forgive others, forgive those who have hurt or offended us. So would you help us, God, to live this out, and in doing so, we see your kingdom come and your will be done here on this earth as it is in heaven. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.